with the seventh pick in the 2012 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Mark Barron, defensive back, Alabama. With the 31st pick in the 2012 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Doug Martin, running back, Boise State. Welcome into a very special edition of the Pewter Plank Radio Network. Draft recap, round one, just in the books. Tomorrow we get round two and more action, but I don't know if you're a Buccaneers fan if you can handle any more action. Because of what happened in round one, the Buccaneers, they trade down, they trade up, they trade back in, they moves abound. Patrick Nogi joins me, draft guru for the pewterplank.com. We're going to break down the Buccaneers two first round picks that they grab. Patrick, what's your instant reactions here before we get into the picks a little bit on the Buccaneers draft day one? Well, just as I was saying to you before we got started, it's amazing. Uh, before the offseason, there were so many complaints about the inactivity from the ownership in the front office. And then through free agency and now into the draft, you've really seen a very concerted effort from uh, the Buccaneers to just be the movers and shakers of this offseason. You saw that with them moving down and recouping that fourth-round pick that they gave up last year to get Luke Stalker. Uh, and they were able to pick up their safety. And then obviously getting back in at the end of the first round. I mean, a bit of a misnomer kind of right away when that news went down. People thought they'd given up their second-round pick. They didn't. They just flipped picks with the Broncos. So they moved down 25 spots in the second round. But they still didn't have a second-round pick. They were just able to add an additional first. But I really like what they were able to do. Um, you know, the one complaint, or not really complaint, but concern, I guess, is, you know, it, 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 you listen to Adam Schefter, he said they got the player they wanted in Mark Barron, and I want to believe that, um, you know, the clock did get a little bit low. I was a little bit concerned, and I don't necessarily know they foresaw the Cowboys swooping in and get Morris Claiborne from underneath their noses at six. But, uh, you know, I think they did get a very, very good player in Mark Barron. He's definitely going to be the quarterback of that defense for years to come, at least the quarterback of that secondary It'll be good to have a year to learn from Roddy Barber and to really kind of establish himself. And then I'm extremely excited for them to make a decision to go back into the first round and get Doug Martin at the end there, too. What about you? What do you think? I love it. I love both of the picks. Uh, Mark Barron, like we said, we discussed uh, this in the pre-draft show as well. We said there was the possibility that if the Buccaneers do trade down, they could look at a guy like Mark Barron who can fill the safety hole. And it was kind of a shock at first. I understand that a lot of Buccaneers fans were scratching their heads when it was announced that the Buccaneers weren't drafting Morris Claiborne. They were trading down instead. But I get the pick. At the time, you have to look at what the Buccaneers have. Eric Wright, is he the solution at cornerback? Is he a stud, an elite guy? I wouldn't say so, but he works. He fills that hole. The safety position, there's nobody there. Who are you going to play at the safety position? So drafting Mark Barron, a brilliant move on, at least I think, by Mark Dominic. He gets, like you said, the fourth-round pick back for Stalker. I like it. It was surprising because Claiborne was on the board at the time. We said the trade-down scenario would happen if Claiborne and Richardson were off the board. So that was a bit of a shock. But I'm not going to sit here and complain because the Buccaneers got a very solid player who instantly fills a hole in a position that they needed to fill, and they weren't going to fill it anywhere else. There's no more free agents that they're going to go out and get. This is where you're going to fill that safety hole. And they did that by drafting Mark Barron. That's a great move. And then 
to end the night, they trade back into the first round. I don't remember the last time the Buccaneers traded back into the first round. I remember they traded out a couple years ago, and I remember they got snubbed when the Vikings traded into the first round to draft a guy named Javed Best at a time when the Buccaneers maybe could have needed a running back. The Buccaneers, they do that to the New York Giants. They trade into the 31st spot, grab Doug Martin out of Boise State, who's an all-around back. I love him. We didn't really talk much about running backs on the pre-draft show. We really didn't think that there was going to be a first-round draft pick as a running back unless it was going to be Trent Richardson. But Doug Martin, he can catch the ball. He can block. He can run. He can, he can uh, kick return, too, so that takes pressure off of Preston Parker in that aspect as well. Compliments LeGarrette uh, Le Blunt brilliantly in that backfield, I think. I know I'm saying brilliantly a lot here, and these picks need to work out. But at the time, at right now, these picks, they're very exciting if you analyze them and look at them. And Doug Martin was not going to fall past the New York Giants. I can tell you that right now. Anybody questioning the Buccaneers trading back into the first round to grab him, the Giants were not going to let Martin fall past 31, or to 32. No, I think you saw that. I mean, the next pick, David Wilson out of Virginia Tech. I mean, you know, that's kind of a, a lesser version of Doug Martin. I, I think Doug Martin is going to be back. I mean, you know, you just spent a first-round pick on the guy. Uh, you know, you just traded your second-round pick and swapped it. You know, you lost value on your second-round pick. So, obviously, they've made an investment there. Uh, you know, I don't think that bodes very well for LeGarrette Blunt. I think you're going to still see LeGarrette get some opportunities, but... You know, you're right. You have a much more complete back, somebody that I think Greg Schiano is going to be able to trust a little bit more and want to build with. Um, you know, I think that you're going to see Doug Martin come in and really be the guy this year, and it's going to be more LeGarrette Blunt complimenting Doug Martin than the other way around, which is unfortunate, but that's obviously the prerogative of the new head coach. And if he didn't have faith that Garrett Blunt was not going to be a fumbler, then that's what he felt like he needed to do. Uh, I just, I think you, you really have to just be happy if you're a Bucks fan right now. Because you added two legitimately good starting players in the first round of this draft. I mean, you just made your team better. You did it in free agency. You were able to bring in a couple of guys that were immediately going to have an impact and were going to make your, your squad a lot better. And now here in the draft, in the very first night, you just added two players at positions of need that will be able to come in, grow, and you can build around in the future. That's an extremely, extremely good place to be. And now, headed into tomorrow, you've still got your second round pick. You're picking at the top of round three. I mean, you know, it's going to be a very exciting evening tomorrow night as well. If you could add another starter tomorrow night, maybe another guy to develop, you're really going to be setting a good foundation moving into 2012. So I just, I, if you're a Bucks fan, I don't think it could have gone a whole lot better tonight. I mean, you know, I, I think that uh, I, obviously there's going to be some people disappointed that they didn't get Richardson or Claiborne. And, you know, they took a chance trying to get that fourth, fourth round pick back by trading back a little bit. But, uh, Ultimately, Mark Barron's going to make people in Tampa extremely happy and uh, a very, very bold move to get back into the first round and get the running back that you wanted to. And Greg Schiano, too, in talking about Doug Martin after he drafted him, says that he's a complete football player and winner and compares him to a guy Bucks fans are going to really, really like. At Rutgers, Greg Schiano had a guy named Ray Rice running the football for him. He went on had a spectacular, having a spectacular career with the Baltimore Ravens, Greg Schiano said, I do see a little Ray Rice in Martin. So for any Bucks fans that are kind of on the fence about Martin, who wanted Richardson and now have to deal with having Martin, there you go. Schiano, this is why he drafted him. Schiano wanted this guy. The Bucks have him. And Schiano was the type of guy 
that knows how to use running backs. He loves to run the football. So Doug Martin is in great hands with Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano got his guy. And another thing to look at in all of this, like we said, this doesn't speak well for Blunt. This is Schiano now taking over. We've seen him come in, and you said to me before the show, it's like it's almost like who's been running this team for three years because all of a sudden we're getting all these moves. Well, we know whose team it is now. It's Greg Schiano's team. He comes in. He signs these free agents. He's on board with Mark Dominic. They're in sync. They are grabbing players that are going to make this team better. And Doug Martin's the perfect pick for Greg Schiano. Now, I want to go back and let's talk about, we've talked about Martin. Let's go back and talk about the Buccaneers' first pick. At seventh overall, they trade down. They grab Mark Barron out of Alabama. We talked about safeties on the pre-draft show. Barron was one of the guys that we mentioned. We said he was going to be a good fit in Tampa, but we weren't 100% certain that he was going to make it to Tampa. We said he would have been a reach at five. He was going to be a reach at five, but Dominic says that that was the guy the whole way along. Apparently, Morris Claiborne was this huge smokescreen. If you want to believe that, go ahead. But Mark Barron's the guy. What do you think about Mark Barron, Patrick, filling the hole that Tenard Jackson leaves after being cut and signing in Washington? Well, he's not really filling a hole. I mean, that's a, that's a straight upgrade. I mean, you're, you're getting one of the best young safeties to come into the NFL draft in a long, long time. Uh, as long as I can remember, I mean, you know, since some of those guys coming out of University of Miami at the, the beginning of last decade, really, as far as safety play goes, uh, very, very bright guy. I think that's the best asset he brings to the team is just his football IQ, what's really going on between his ears. You know, we talk all the time about Nick Saban. Uh, you know, say what you want about him as a man, but as a coach, he definitely knows how to coach defense. He actually coaches the defensive backs. So, you know, you're getting a NFL-ready player. Anytime you're drafting an Alabama defensive back, he's got that foundation. He understands what it takes to be successful, what the work habits are, you know, what kind of effort you're going to need to give. I think it's just really going to be a matter of getting him in here, getting him acquainted, and then once he hits the ground, I think he's going to hit the ground running. Uh, but I think you're just going to see him really offer something that the Bucks haven't had in the safety position for a few years, which is just a competent presence in the back, playing center field, you know, really just holding things down. And I think that you're just going to see the entire defense operating a lot better knowing that that last line of defense is shored up now. And you don't really have to worry like what Bucks fans are used to, which is a couple times a game seeing Cody Grimm, you know, trying to get back on their recovery speed with a guy, you know, a few steps ahead of him uh, in burnt, which is never a good spot for a safety. But with a guy like Barron, you're not going to really have to worry about that. He's very, very good in coverage. He can come up and play the run. You know, he does pretty much everything well. He's got little things he can uh, improve from a technical standpoint. But really, he's one of the best defensive backs in this draft class. Uh, regardless of corner or safety position, you know, he's just, as far as defensive backs go, fantastic. And I think he's going to be the type of guy that will immediately start for Tampa, and he will immediately bring this defense from the bottom of the league at least into the middle. And as they begin to add more and more players to that unit, he's really, really going to begin to shine. I want to briefly talk about some of the other picks that were made, but let's stay focused on the Bucks right now. We saw what happened on day one. Brilliant, awesome it's a great feeling. I don't think Bucks fans have felt this good after the first day of a draft, probably in a, quite a while. What do you see for day two? Like you said, they pick at the top of the draft. We still have a lot of notable players still available that the Buccaneers can go after. They pick high second round or on the second day, still very good positioning, even though that they traded away their pick. What do you see on the second day 
the Bucks doing? Are they going to go after a cornerback on the second day since they didn't address it on the first day? Where are they going on day two? I think there is some good depth at the quarterback position uh, to get somebody later on in round two. Uh, you know, I, I've been pretty adamantly against him, but uh, it was a 25th pick in the um, second round. If you look at a guy like Janoris Jenkins, and he's on the board, the talent, the plus talent is there. I mean, you obviously have some character concerns. They're going to kind of hold you back. But at that position, you're still getting a first-time caliber player. You just have to take on some of the baggage that comes with it. And, and that's obviously up to Shiano and Dominic, whether they want to assume that. But there will be those types of players that, yes, maybe you know they're not uh, angels off the field, but they certainly have first-round level ability that will be available in the second round. Uh, that being said, I think the Bucks are going to want to potentially, as we mentioned, look at corner. Uh, there should potentially be another defensive tackle or two still around in the second round that uh, would be pretty good value if they want to shore up that defensive line. And then also there will be some outside linebackers, uh, top of the third into the second, they will probably be pretty good value. If the Buccaneers want to look at maybe adding another pass rusher or just somebody that could potentially come in and start alongside Mason Foster and Quincy Black. So I think you'll probably see them look at defense a little bit more. I can't imagine them going over the offensive side of the ball again. They've really done a lot to address that. But, uh, you know, I think you will see them try to find some value on the defensive side of the football, specifically in the secondary, maybe in the front four. But, uh, you know, I, I think that there's definitely plenty of good players there left. And uh, if, if today is any indication, I think the Bucks have done their homework. They know what they're looking for. And, uh, you know, this is shaping up to be a very exciting weekend. All right, before we end this quick little uh, first-day recap, let's talk about some of the picks that happened that weren't related to the Bucks. We had Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin go 1-2. That's not a surprise. But the Cleveland Browns trade up to grab Trent Richardson. Then we get Matt Khalil, number 4 to the Vikings. And we talked about this in the draft show also. Uh, we weren't sure if Justin Blackman was the type of player that somebody would want to trade up to 5 to get. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars obviously disagreed with us because they trade up to five to draft Blackman. Looking at the top five, does anything stick out at you, Patrick? Uh, nothing really sticks out. I mean, obviously I don't think it was in the order anybody thought it was going to be in. Uh, but kind of going back to a point that you had made earlier about the Bucks fans being disappointed that it's Doug Martin and not Trent Richardson. Uh, one of the things we talked about on the site um, as far as the devaluation of the running back position and why that's not quite the same as it used to be is because of the fact that you have an offensive line that is so important in the way that your running back is going to be productive. So whereas Trent Richardson will be going uh, and may be the better back, uh, you know, top to bottom on paper, he's going to be going to a Cleveland team where the offensive line is nowhere near the caliber that the Bucks will have. So you actually might see a player in Doug Martin that you know, he might not be quite the caliber as a uh, Trent Richardson when you measure him in, in Jim Shorts and, and uh and domes, but at the same time, when you put it behind a good offensive line in Tampa, and you make Trent Richardson have to scrape behind a bad offensive line in Cleveland, it might be better to have Doug Martin. So, you know, I think that's certainly something to consider. But as far as the way the first five played out, really nothing surprised me until the Seahawks decided to pick Bruce Irvin, <laughs> the player I had with a third-round grade, um, I believe like 15 or 16. That was the most mind-boggling pick of all of them. Uh, and the 49ers, obviously, they had a very strange pick as well. But uh, outside of a couple teams just reaching and, and kind of coming out of left field, nothing really surprised me too much. All right, and the only other NFC South team to draft in the first round here, the Carolina Panthers. Luke Kuechly out of uh, Boston College, the linebacker a lot of people uh, thought Tampa Bay was going to take. 
They draft him at 9. Ending our general NFL draft talk here, we'll talk about Carolina's pick. Do you like it? The Carolina Panthers going after the linebacker here? I kind of want to tackle in, in uh, Tampa. I think that's a very, very good pick. Now they've kind of got the quarterback of that defense to go along with the quarterback they got last year on Cam Newton. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the Panthers are another team. They're doing good things. Um, you know, I was on a uh, draft preview show last night and I talked about them a little too. And I, it pains me as a Bucks writer to say that, but the Panthers are making good decisions. They're putting good players into their system. Uh, they're going to be difficult, and you know I think we're watching the Saints slowly implode. But uh, you know the Saints' place is going to be heavily compared for by what's already a very good Falcons team, and then two teams in Tampa and Carolina that are clearly building for the future. All right, so day one recap: Tampa Bay trades down from five to seven to take Mark Barron out of Alabama, and then they trade back up with Denver to get back into the first round at thirty-one to draft Boise State running back Doug. Martin. Day two tomorrow. Stay tuned to thepewterplank.com. We had you covered all day today. I'm going to have you covered not only all day tomorrow, but all weekend long with draft coverage. The Buccaneers, they're making moves. They're doing business. And it's a great time to be following the Buccaneers into the draft and into this next season. He's Patrick Nohe. He writes for the Miami Herald. He's editor of thepewterplank.com. And on top of that, he's a draft guru. And I'm Josh Hill. Both from thepewterplank.com. We will catch you after day two of the NFL Draft. Big moves today. We'll see what we have in store for the weekend. It's the Pewter Plank Radio Network.